Hello, hello. Welcome back to Crazy Effing Mommy. I'm your host, Elise DeLucci. Oh my God, episode 119. We're just going, we're just doing this thing. Let me start by saying that when I decided to film the podcast, which by the way, isn't getting a lot of views. Um, Hello, hi, oh, we need to do something about that. It's not getting a lot of views on YouTube. You know, I shouldn't say we should do something about that. I know why it's not. It's because people are busy. People are listening on the go. How many things are they going to look at? They're looking at Instagram. They're looking at TikTok. They're looking at Facebook. And then what? And you're supposed to watch somebody's podcast on YouTube. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put clips of the video podcast on Instagram. I will let you know when that's happening. But I will say when I started taping it, I was wearing a, uh, my like robes, kimonos. I have, you know, I got the kimono collection. But then I realized today that I have a lot of gorgeous clothes and I should just make use of them. So I'm wearing something different. I'm wearing a, uh, a royal purple and hunter green tweed blazer with these beautiful old lady black and hunter green and gold buttons. And it has a nice collar. It's a work blazer, but you can also wear it, you know, with like black pants and like a black turtleneck. And the blazer on top, you know, with like a pair of ballet flats, like for Christmas or something. And it, it's gorgeous. And wait, you're never going to believe where I got this blazer. I got it at a church thrift sale on the Upper East Side. That's right. You, I know. Yeah, I know. People are like, what, what is this girl? She shops at thrift sales. Yes, I shop. At, anytime there's an opportunity to shop, I'm there. Okay. I am there. The Upper East Side of Manhattan is literally the crown jewel of the United States thrift shopping. Once a year. Okay, the churches on the Upper East Side, or maybe it's twice a year, they do these thrift sales. And, you know, all the rich old ladies donate all their shit to the churches that they don't want. Right. And a lot of the stuff is designer. You know, maybe it's St. John, you know, their knitwear. Maybe it's maybe it's Club Monaco, you know. I mean, so it's all kind, you know, it's still all kinds of brands, right? It runs the gamut from Eileen Fisher to, you know, I don't know, some shitty brand that was sold at Atrium on Broadway 100,000 years ago. You know what I'm saying? So uh, people go. They are like professional thrift, thrift shop, thrift sale diggers. These people, they show up. Well, let me say this. They wait online outside in the cold. Okay. And they, they have bags with them and they run into these thrift sales when the, when the, the number comes, their number comes up. And they dig through the bins and the racks and they're looking for designer bags, right? Or maybe real jewelry or furs and not me. I don't care about the jewelry. Well, I do care about the jewelry, but I, 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 don't, I don't look for jewelry when they're, unless it's like big costume, Bakelite bangles. I love those, the vintage Bakelite bangles. You know who else, by the way, loves them? Whoopi Goldberg. Shout out to Whoopi. Who, by the way, I saw a few years ago when I was living on 81st Street, I saw Whoopi. She was in Eli Zabar supermarket and she had a, a a wagon full of juice. It was so strange. I was like, Whoopi, is that you? But anyway, and she lived, I think she lives on 79 and like between third and Lex. And that, that, that's how I saw her. It was like early in the morning. I was pregnant there because they used to make fresh baked croissants, you know? So I showed up at Zabar's to get like my 10,000 fresh baked croissants before I was going to work. And there she was just with the wagon full of juice. And I was like, are you on your way to the view? Anyway, anyway, when I go to the thrift sale, I love the Bakelite bangles. I love that. Um, I sometimes will browse through the furs. Maybe there's like a, a, like some sort of uh, a stole or something. But what I really like is I love the jackets 
of that the old ladies donate and I love the scarves, the silk scarves. So that's that's like my go-to. And nobody ever wants the jackets. Like these 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 designer whores that show up at the sales, they're not they're not looking for a tweed royal purple and hunter green with gold heavy buttons blazer. They think they, they're like, ew, you know? And I'm like, oh, I'm like, that definitely was in the window at Bergdorf 20 years ago. And now it's going to be in my closet for $5. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, so I'm, I'm, I'm changing up the look a little bit. I also have a pair of hoop earrings with my name in them. So nothing like a little highbrow, lowbrow going on. Fact of the day, Mickey Mouse had a sister named Amelia Fieldmouse. Why didn't she get any airtime? Right? What, 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 what was up with that? What was up with that? Anyway, Hard Rock Hotel with Vic DiBattetto was absolutely amazing. Shout out to Maria and the trauma nurses at Yale New Haven Hospital that came out to see me. Apparently, there's a bunch of women at the Yale New Haven Hospital emergency room, and they follow me online. And a couple of the girls came to see me, and they were, they're, they're the best fans. Let me tell you something. Okay. Maria was standing outside the room. After, after the showroom. And by the way, this is a huge showroom, 1,500 people. So she was standing outside the theater at the Hard Rock after I got out. And she was like, oh my God, hi. And, you know, we're talking, whatever. And uh, and she's like, I, I was going to save the ticket. I wanted to save the ticket. I'm like, save the ticket? Who gives a shit about the ticket? She's like, well, I was going to save it because I feel like you're going to be famous one day. And I was like, get the hell out of here. And she, she was like, but then I realized your name wasn't on the ticket. So I dumped it. I mean, is this not somebody that you're going to love? I mean, come on. Is this, 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 this is what it's about, people. I'm like, you could have saved the ticket. I was still on the show if you really wanted to save the ticket. She's like, it doesn't have your name on. I love her. You know what I love more than that comment is something that I learned from her that I need to share with you because it's going to change your life. It's literally going to change your life. She said to me, which I totally appreciate. She said, oh my God, I would love to keep in touch like outside of social media. Like, you know, she follows me on social media. Sometimes she sends me a DM and, you know, like sometimes I'll answer. It's nothing like long, it's not long answers. It's just, oh, hi, I'm coming to the show, whatever. But she said, I would love to, uh, you know, exchange numbers. And maybe if you're in the area, we could go for drinks, whatever. And then she said, I know you can't give me your number. And I, I just want to say, stop and say, I, I would love to have given you my number, Maria. But yes, I can't give you my number because... <sighs> Because it's just, it's a weird world we live in. It's not that I don't trust you. It's not that you don't look normal. It's not that uh, I'm sure you have a lovely family and friends and job, but you know, there are wolves in sheep's clothing out there. You know, you're a single mother or were, you know, a, were raising your kids. So you know how it is anyway. So she said, since you can't give me your number, I want to give you my number. I said, okay. And instead of giving me just her straight phone number, she pulled out this card out of her credit card, out of her uh, wallet. And it was like a credit card and it had a QR code on it. And I was like, what the hell is this? And the card on the back, so on the, the one side it said uh, dot, right? That was, the, it's a dot, it was a logo. And the other side had a QR code. And I said, what is this? And she said, oh, it's this thing I found on TikTok and I bought a card. And she's like, and just scan the QR code and all my contact information will come up. I said, okay. So I scanned the QR code and lo and behold, her phone number comes up her email, all her social handles, <clears throat> all on my cell phone. So I took a screenshot of it. And of course, I took a picture of the card because I was like, oh my God, I need to tell everybody about this. This is amazing. And let me, I have the website. It's .cards.net, .cards.net. And you might've heard about this on TikTok, whatever. I haven't. I think this is game-changing. If you're out and you meet somebody, right? And you want to exchange information, just have them scan the QR code. 
Is that not brilliant? Now, obviously, that doesn't necessarily translate into them following you if they scan the code. It doesn't necessarily translate into an email popping up, but you get all their contact information. So I think for this is this is this is business cards evolved, right? This is this is how it goes. Better than though just you know, communication with friends or you know how great is this if you're a mom and you have kids, right? Just slip this in your kids' jacket, one maybe one in their backpack, right? Have all your information on there, your phone number, your husband's phone number, you know, the grandparents' phone, whatever, just in case of emergency. I mean, just in case you never know, right? I don't know, dotcards.net. I will be getting one. By the way, for the businesses out there, can we stop using .net extensions on websites? I mean, like it's kind of shitty. No, I, I don't know. The thing is, is the card was a beautiful card. The experience was seamless. The QR code scanning, the load time, very fast, right? But then when I found out the website was a .net, I was like, oh, oh really? .net? Out of all the extensions, not .io, not .co, I mean, you know, to keep it fresh, dot net, really? Anyway. So when I was at the Hard Rock, my sister, <clears throat> Allison in New Jersey, she watched my daughters for me. And then, you know, it's amazing for them. It's amazing for them because she got a dog. She got a, a mini uh, a mini Bernese mounted dog, the cutest dog ever. Literally. It's like Beethoven, but, you know, signy. And so the girls just had the best time. And when I was there, I saw my sister. She lost so much weight. Like maybe my sister's five two. Maybe she's, I don't know, maybe you like usually, or I should say you pandemic usually. Maybe she's like 150, 160. I don't know, pandemic. She's probably gonna kill me. When she, I don't think those are big numbers, Allison, by the way. But she was so skinny. And I was like, what the hell happened? What did you do? What are you using? And she told me, Ozempic. And I was like, all of a sudden, I felt the, the angels sing in the air. I felt the heavens open and Virgin Mary shine down on me. Ozempic. I was like, oh my God, what is, I must have Ozempic. I had no idea what this was. Ozempic is a shot for, di- for diabetes patients that apparently you keep in the fridge once a week, you stab yourself in your thigh and you're just not hungry. <laughs> I mean, have you not heard of anything better than this? So, you know, she did, she did it. She's doing it. She lost like 40 pounds. Okay. My mother tried it. She told me, but apparently my mother tried it. My, it she said, my, me and my mother have all kinds of heartburn, whatever. My girlfriend, Denise did Ozempic. She lost like, I don't know, 80 pounds. I mean, Denise is, she's like a mimpin these days. I don't even recognize her. She came out to a New Jersey pack show. I was like, Where, where's Denise? Where'd you go? And she's like, Ozempic. So, you know, of course that's it. I came home after the shows. And I was like, right straight on the phone with my shrink. And I was like, I need a prescription to Ozempic. And he's like, I don't prescribe diabetes medication. You know what I prescribe for weight loss? Exercise. And I was like, this is why I hate you. Okay. This is, this is, this is why (laughs) I don't hate him, but really, really Dr. Long, you can't work with me a little bit. I mean, it wouldn't be a long-term thing. I'm just trying to lose this this thousand pounds that I put on from taking prednisone because I had some goddamn rash. Anyway, my my shrink though said, I, I actually do prescribe intermittent fasting. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. We tried this. I tried it for like three days. I, I can't wrap my head around the fast. And he's like, no, at least just try again. He's like, let me give you a better window of time to eat. And an app. I said, fine. Another app. 
something else to download, something else probably to pay for, something else to share the data. We're living in Handmaid's Tale, everybody watching us. Anyway, so, okay, so I'm day three on intermittent fasting. I'm fine. I'm fine. My eating window is 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. I know what you're thinking. You're like, 9 p.m., Elise, really? What are you doing at 9 p.m.? You're sitting on the couch. You're going to be eating? That's disgusting. I know, I know. But here's the thing. I wake up in the morning and I have a cup of coffee, right? And then I have a couple refills of coffee and I should get to the place where I'm not putting milk and sugar in the coffee, but I'll get there, you know, in like a decade. And so I have the coffee and then, you know, I, I do, I'm on calls, I'm working, I'm emailing, I'm on the computer. I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting that I'm, I didn't have breakfast. And then by one o'clock, I'm starving, right? I have lunch. 1.30. And then I have a nice dinner at six o'clock, maybe a little snack. Last night I had after dinner, a small bowl of a, of a snack. One of my friends told me blueberries with cashews and a little honey in it. You mix it together. It's delicious. That's what I had for dessert last night. And then I was done. I was full. That was it. So now, you know, I'm on day three or maybe it's day four. I don't know. Did I lose any weight? No. Listen like two seconds, two I've been on this diet for two seconds. We'll see how it goes. My, my com, my comedian, one of my comedian friends, Mike Young, he was on a podcast. He was on the podcast. Like, I don't know, like 75 episodes ago, literally. And that was, uh, I, I, that was the first and only guest I had. And the reason why I didn't have more guests was because all of you listeners had reached out to me and said, why have guests? Just talk to us about your life and all the things you hear and shop. And but yeah, so I was like, yeah, you know what? Screw guests. We might have a guest once in a blow. But Mike Young <clears throat> on that podcast, after it ended, he he told me every morning for breakfast he has a bowl of salted cashews and blueberries with the drizzle of honey and the honey and the salt and the blue the, the sweetness of the blueberries. Cashews are fattening, Mike. Okay, I don't know about eating them every day, but I did have it last night, and it was very tasty. So the app that Dr. Long recommended, Fastic, F-A-S-T-I-C, Fastic app for intermittent fasting. I don't like it really because I think I had to pay like $2.99 for it. You know, I was annoyed. All it, you know, it sends you alerts and says, it's your eating time. And let me tell you something, when you're dieting and you're fasting, no one needs to remind you of when your eating time is. Okay, people? Anyway. My ex-husband got back from Argentina. He was there for two weeks. Like, can you imagine? He was there for two weeks with his girlfriend. First of all, first of all, good for him. But can we talk about like how petty he was? When, When he told me he was going on this trip, he told me he was going to Argentina maybe two months ago. And he says, I'm going, he says, I'm going for 13 days. And I said, oh, you're going for two weeks? My God, that's a long time. And he said, I'm not going for two weeks. He said, I'm going for 13 days. I said, that's two weeks. 13 days, 14. Really? How petty are you? Here's the British for you. Here's the British for you people. Anyway, so here he's like in Argentina. You know, he went for a wedding. And I said to him, none of my business. But I said, where are you getting this money from? Going to Argentina for three weeks. And let me say, you could use the points if you want for the flight and the you know hotel, blah, blah. But what about the eating and the activities and the cocktails that he loves to have and she loves to have and the bottles of wine. What about the money for that, right? And he's like, oh, you know, we're splitting it. You know, it's like, whatever lies he's telling me. 
The point is, is 14 days is a long time to go away. It's not my business. It's not my business. But seeing that we pay babysitters and, you know, the kids, they grow like Italian jumping beans. It's like, I need, really? Real, and I'm like, you know, I'm I'm just making it. It's like, really? 14 days? It, that, but that was really also me just being angry because you want to know what the truth is, is that when we were married, we hmm, didn't take two-week vacations. That's my honeymoon to Hong Kong and Thailand wasn't even two weeks. It was like, you know, I don't know, 10 days or something, which is almost two weeks. Maybe it was long. Actually, maybe it was like 12 days. It's not the point. You know, when our marriage was just going down the tubes, when I was working, you know, those 50, 60 ridiculous hours a week, and I was struggling mentally, and, you know, my father died, and my mother just disappeared because she was overwhelmed that I had two kids and lived in the city. Like, thanks, Ma. You know, it's like, you, you could have taken me away to the Italian Riviera for two weeks, right? Made arrangements, but now you didn't. You didn't. No. Who do you take away for two weeks? This broad. This broad. Did she have your kids? I don't think so. I, I just want you to know, I don't go around with that kind of energy. I don't like go around with that kind of like, I hate the new girlfriend energy. I, or, you know, or like, because, you know, I told you, I, you know, I loved him. I still love him. I just, I'm, I'm a little jealous. And that's fine. That's normal. That's normal. I have no desire to go to Argentina though. None. Like for two weeks, I just want to stay home for two weeks. I just want to stay home. And my ideal vacation, I stay home and just order everything on seamless, like just get takeout every day and just TV and like no makeup. I mean, maybe, maybe go to Italy. I don't know. But that that's what I want. I am actually though, I shouldn't complain because I am going to Italy in a, a few months with Chris. Um, he's never been there. I can't, I can't even deal with that. I can't, I, I lived in Italy. I lived in Rome. You know, I think I said that in the past. I lived in Rome when I was in college and I've been back since then, but uh, he's never been. So it's like, oh my God, we have to go. And all we're going to do is just eat pizza the whole entire time, which is why I need to lose the weight, the intermittent fasting. I have a lot of big eating opportunities coming up. Thanksgiving. Oh, Halloween, all the candy. Okay. Thanksgiving, all the Christmas Eve, all that stuff. Italy. I mean, come on. Anyway. Um. Bravo Con. Did we go? Did you buy tickets at the Javits Center? I did not. <clears throat> um, which, by the way, I heard. Actually, I, I, I'm not going to even go there. But, but Bravo Con, Bravo Con, Bravo Con. It's, it was amazing. Everybody said it was amazing. My friend Andrea Lopez, Andrea, Andrea Lopez, she does the uh, impressions on line of, um, on social of uh, Teresa Judice. Anyway, she went, uh, she was there. I think they invited her, which was nice. Look at this. Look at this. My phone's gone. Um, hold on. Can I call you back? I'm doing my podcast right now. All right. Okay, goodbye. Uh, you know what? I, that, that was Chris. It, 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 really? You know, I totally text you. I said I was doing the podcast. Anyway. So BravoCom, he, uh, so, Andrea Lopez went, she does the impressions of Teresa Judice. She had a great time. I saw her pictures. Uh, it was October 14th, it, it, you know, at the Javits Center. And, you know, you basically, what, what is it? I'll tell you what it is. You meet all the people on, a lot of the people on Bravo, right? They have like photo op booths and all this kind of stuff. 
um, you know, they do talks and, and, and all this thing. Here's the best thing I think about BravoCon that you and I both could take advantage of. That is 100% free. BravoCon, well, let me say, in my opinion, BravoCon built a website for, to support the event called the, um, what is it called? Hold on. The, the Bravo TV Bazaar. The Bravo Bazaar. And you could go on the website, still, I think, I think it's still live as if I, I looked a few days ago, but you go on the website and you can shop. They have like little stores and, you know, you could shop, whatever. It's Bravo merch. Maybe it's merch of the, the, the people that are on Bravo. That's not why I think it's great. I think it's great because you and me and everybody else that went on Bravo Bazaar, the URL is bizarre.bravotv.com, can see what the metaverse is like. So. Obviously, you know what I do uh, and I've spent where I spent my career for the last 20 years. The metaverse, right, is virtual reality. Everybody's talking about the metaverse. I think we might've talked about it a few episodes ago, but the metaverse is essentially a virtual, a virtual reality that you can get uh, immersed in, right? And it's early, early, early stages of the metaverse, right? And so this Bravo Bazaar, they built online, they built this sort of virtual reality shopping mall right? That you can, you know, load up the URL. Again, it's bizarre.bravotv.com. You load up the URL and then you, you know, you, if you're on your MacBook, whatever, you mouse through the mall as if you're there. So imagine that you have like VR glasses on, you know, like that kind of thing. Or I don't know if you get the subscription to the New York Times, but about, I want to say it was 2016 or 2017 in the Sunday delivery of the Times, they did such a cool thing. It was sponsored by Google. They sent out VR cardboard glasses, like a big box. It came with the pay, the newspaper delivery, a big box to all the subscribers. And you put this, this cardboard, but I actually have a picture of it somewhere. You put this cardboard box on your face and it was like wearing those, uh, you know, like a VR, you know, kind of thing. And um, you were able to, to, to navigate through whatever experience they Google was doing at the time. But so now you don't necessarily need these glasses, right? To do that. So this, you just use your eyes, you know, when they, they use technology, right? So if you ever are curious to know what the metaverse looks like or what's going, th this is how you could see it. And, uh, you know, and by the way, that's why Facebook rebranded to Meta, which I don't know how successful that's working out for them. I mean, they probably did it for other reasons too on the back end, but, you know. But basically the metaverse, virtual reality, combining the physical aspects, the physical physical aspects of of a real world, shops, whatever, and and it augments them to a virtual reality. And if you are a parent or a grandparent, and you have kids in your life that are playing Roblox, which my kids play, you know, I can't stand. And by the way, 50 million kids every day play Roblox. 50 million kids daily log into Roblox. Is that not wild? Roadblocks, ro it's not road, it's Ro, R-O-B-L-O-X. Roblox is a very, very, very early game of metaverse. So, right, like they, you know, um, basically, you know, the the the, the kids they 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 go on their iPad, they open the Roblox app, and then they 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 travel through this virtual reality that they built. They build dining rooms, they build kitchens, they build they they, they build uh, you know houses, whatever. Their little friends play with them. You know, they play games inside this virtual, they play hide and seek. Like 
Annalise and Vivian sit on the couch next to each other. They both have their iPads on their laps. They both have the app open of Roblox and they play hide and seek and shit like that with each other through the app, like not physically playing. It's weird. And there's a whole, this is a whole bigger issue of people being sedentary and, you know, obesity or screen time and overstimulation. But that, but I'm just explaining the metaverse. And by the way, the met, it's like a whole economy inside Roblox. You know, if you want to buy things in Roblox, there's in-app currency, Robux, right? The devs, the developers, right? The people that build out Roblox, they get paid. They, 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 they literally get paid um, by these in-game purchases, which, by the way, is how cryptocurrency works. Every time blocks are made or whatever it is, you know, the... the, the the miners get paid. It's just a whole, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Let me tell you, hold on. I'm looking for the number because I might know it's right here. How much Roblox made last quarter? Last quarter, three months. Just take a guess how much Robux, Roblox made. $509 million in revenue. That's how much money this, this, the in-game purchases generated for this company based on the sales of Google Play and Apple App Stores. The game itself is free to play. But if you want to do things, level up, whatever they call it, the kids, you know? We're in early days of the metaverse. But before we see, you know, full immersion and that kind of thing, this is what we have right now. So for example, if you have, and let me just say, like, so this is, this is, I don't know if you, if you have a movie theater, if you own a movie theater, say you own, I don't know, an AMC, you know, out in Chicago, whatever, and you want to build a metaverse movie theater, you can easily do that, right? You can hire devs, you could build, meta, you could build, you could build your movie theater to be in the metaverse. And then people could come through all over the world and buy within the app, right? Within your movie, your metaverse movie theater app, whatever, whatever website, whatever it is, buy tickets to the movie theater. And then your small brick and mortar business, which maybe had, you know, a footprint of whatever, you know, only certain amount of people could come or would come realistically come on a regular basis because you have a small, you know, like a mile radius, your physical location. Now, all of a sudden, your physical location is opened up, right, to the whole world. They're not getting the physical movie theater experience. But who knows? What is the future going to bring with this? It makes me what? Like what? The world is full of possibilities, people. If you have a movie theater and you're building a metaverse app, not to get too off track here, but like maybe part of your movie ticket, say you buy your movie ticket in advance to watch an AMC movie out of the Chicago movie theater, but you're in the metaverse online. Maybe you buy a ticket a week in advance. Maybe then in that week span when you hold your ticket, maybe that movie theater delivers to your physical location, your home, whatever it is. Maybe they deliver popcorn. Maybe they deliver some cool, you know, merch for you to enjoy. It's The world is definitely changing. We are just in the early stages. I don't know what the future holds, but, and I don't speak at conferences anymore about this stuff, but I did used, to, I did used to, and, um, Can Lion being one of them, which was the big, is the big, uh, conference in the South of France. So I'm very intrigued by the whole thing. And I think it's so cool that Bravo Bazaar, Bravo Bravo TV, the Bravo channel built this bazaar, not only to generate additional revenue, but they understood, they understand that they have reach, right? Outside, they, that, that they understand that Bravo, let me rephrase, 
I love that Bravo TV built Bravo TV Bazaar. I love that they built this metaverse simulation on this website because they understand that the Bravo viewers are not able, not all the Bravo viewers are able to attend BravoCon at the Javits Center. So how can they bring BravoCon to the masses across the US and across the world? It makes much more financial sense for them to invest and build a metaverse rather than have BravoCon offshoots in all the major metropolitan areas across the country. That's what I'm saying. And I think it's great. I think it's great and I think it's cool. And if you want to see a little tiny piece of the metaverse or what it is right now in this in this time in this in these nascent days, worth checking out. Okay. Moving on to beauty products. Desiem's the ordinary. I sung its praises last week. And a lot of you reached out and said you went out and bought the products, which I love. I think that's so cool. Here's the thing. I am absolutely loving the products, but you have to look up what not to mix and what you can mix. Like for example, right? We all know you can't really mix oil and water, right? Like just basic shit, right? But like uh, something I didn't know that I learned when I was Googling the ordinary and mixing the products, like I have it here, glycolic acid, salicylic acid, lactic acids, they should never be mixed with vitamin C. Okay, who knew? Not me, fine. What I did is when I was in Atlantic City, I usually, by the way, like I, I love all my skincare and my beauty products and that, but sometimes if I'm traveling, especially on the road, like ah, I don't want to schlep all that stuff like a couple nights or one night. But this time, because I'm all like hopped up on the ordinary, I'm all like, let me pack all this shit <laughs> in my toiletry bag. So, but all I wound up taking was the hyaluronic acid, the niacinamide and the lactic acid. And I did a little boo-boo. Because I, at night, I put the lactic acid on, you know, I like wash my face with soap and then put the lactic acid on it, you know, like tap my face like that, whatever. And then right after I put the niacinamide and then like right after I put the hyaluronic, all I know is on Sunday, I did that every night for like three nights in a row. On Sunday, I woke up, my cheeks were like red and inflamed and rashy and broken out. And I was like, what the hell happened to me? And Apparently, you shouldn't be mixing lactic acid and niacinamide if you don't like. Well, you shouldn't. You shouldn't mix them back to back. You have to wait like thirty minutes. Who knew? I didn't know. I have a whole like chart I made for myself in my in my bedroom of like what I can mix and what I can mix and it can't. And I and I read that yo lack you could use the lactic and the niacinamide. But I didn't, I guess I failed to put down that you need to wait 30 minutes, which I'm never going to do. Like I'm busy like you. Like I, when I, at the end of the day, I wash my face, I take a shower, whatever, wash my face, do my skincare, put my glass on, and then I get the hell on the couch or get into bed. I am not going to wait 30 minutes and then go back and do the rest. I mean, like even when I do masks at home, I'm like annoyed after the mask dries on my face. I'm annoyed because I have to go wash it off. You know, I'm like, oh. Got to go back in the bathroom, do something else now. You know what I'm saying? So, so the that could have been the reason why I got the rash, but but more likely, it was maybe that doing these new things to my face three days in a row is a little harsh, and my skin couldn't really like handle the harshness because I have such sensitive skin. So, just it's just a heads up to you that 
when you're using the product, you really got to look it up. But I will say the hyaluronic acid, amazing. The niacinamide, I mean, everything. Did the blood, they have a blood facial product, by the way. Amazing. You know, because blood facials are like $1,000 at the dermatologist. But you can get this for $8. I don't, I don't remember what it's called. Anyway. Okay. Did you know that Selena, you remember Selena, right? Selena Quintanilla. I don't even know if that's how you say her name. Mexican-American singer, gorgeous girl. Do you know that she was considered the the Mexican Madonna? Not the Virgin Mary, like the Mexican material girl. I thought that was so cute. I read that recently. And by the way, what, I mean, poor Selena, poor Selena, 23, that, you know, for, for the younger listeners, because I know I have, Selena was a beautiful singer. I'm sure you know. She was killed though. I don't know if you know, she was killed at 23 years old. She was shot. By her fan club president. What a psycho. I think that lady's name was Yolanda. Don't I have it written down? Not that it matters. She should rot in hell. Did she get, what happened? What was her punishment for killing her, her fan club president for killing Celine? She was a jealous crazy. She was the fan club president. I think she, I don't know if she wound up becoming her manager or something. They were like very close. But she shot and killed poor Selena. And um, I don't know. That was the end of Selena. But she was considered the Mexican Madonna. And Madonna came out as gay, which, you know, I don't know if you heard. It's like, good for her. Good for you, Madonna. First of all, I don't even believe you. I think you're full of fucking shit. I love you, Madonna. I love you. And we used to live on the same block together, diagonal and cross. You living in a triple wide townhouse, me living in a shithole, probably with rats in it. But that's fine. That's fine. Okay, that's fine. But uh, you are the queen of reinvention. One day, you you know, would anybody remember her Ray of Light album where she was the Buddha and she was doing all this, this stuff? She had henna everywhere. And then then, then Guy Ritchie, then she was like British. And then, you know, now, I don't know what she, now she's just like a cradle robber because she's going around with like, you know, 22-year-old guys and she's like in her 60s. Mm, good for you. But you know what I'm saying. But okay, now you're gay. Oh, come on, Mizana. You went, went six decades, 60 years. You went six decades, one, not knowing that you're gay. Or is this just something that, you know, you're just saying? Let me tell you something. Everybody right now wants diversity. Everybody wants diversity. Everybody wants, you know, this gender fluidity. Everybody wants, you know, uh, people uh, that, that are, that are, um, that, that are, you know, bisexual or gay or transgender. That, and I only say, I'm not saying that because I don't like, ugh, I love the gays. I have a huge gay following. I mean, hello. I'm like Bob Streisand's biggest fan. Right. But like I, I in the comedy world, there are a lot of comics that are like straight lace and then they go up on stage like I hear them. They go up on stage and then they're talking about the gay experiences they have or transgender experience. And the only reason why they're doing that is because maybe they feel that it'll help them get booked on other shows or because, you know, that's very that's in the zeitgeist right now. Everybody wants the diversity. I think the diversity is great. I think it's fabulous. But it's like really Madonna, like really like. Just, like leave the lesbians alone. Like just do you. Like you're fabulous as it is. Like you don't need to add like something else because you to keep yourself relevant, right? And like by the way, if she was gonna come out gay when she if she was gonna come out as a lesbian, Madonna, why wouldn't she come out when she was kissing Britney Spears on like the MTV Awards like a few years ago? Like why? You know. Mm. Do you guys watch um, the Daily Show? with Trevor Noah, you know, he's leaving. He's leaving The Daily Show. What a dream job this would be. 
I mean, like, should we, we should start a petition by any, by, 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 be, feel free, feel free to get a petition going that we should have a show, Delucci After Dark, right? Why isn't there another night? Why isn't, how about this? Why isn't there another Chelsea Handler show on at night? Why are the nighttime talk shows, the late night shows, all have male hosts? Why? What about us? First of all, first of all, I don't know about you, okay? But the men tend to fall asleep like the men in the house, okay? My husband, my ex-husband used to fall asleep on the couch. Chris falls asleep all the time. Growing up, my father, he would always fall asleep. And not to say that the women, of course the women watch late night TV. Just because it's a male host doesn't mean the us girls aren't watching it. Of course, that would be ridiculous. But my point is, is don't you think that they would have even better ratings if they had a female host that the female viewers that are up late at night sewing their kids' clothes, sewing a hole in someone's jacket or folding laundry or just like, I don't know, a eating a bag of chips, taking Xanax, just chilling out, having a long time. Don't you think your ratings would be better if you have a female host? Just saying. I love the Chelsea Hamlin show. It was a, she was a little raunchy for me. She was a little dirty for me. And I don't know if that was because it was late night, right? Um, but I think that a late night talk show on the major channels with the female host could be very good. Just saying. But they did, I think they did find another host for The Daily Show. I uh, think I actually do know who it is. I'm not able to say, um, but it was, there was a lot of people that was submitting, you know, packages, packets, whatever to, to be the host and, uh, or, you know, for the, for the job. And, and, you know, I think it's another guy. That's all I'm going to say. So all, all I'm going to say, all I'm going to say. So I, I should really, what I should do is I should turn this podcast, you know, I'm not going to change the name again because that'd be insane. But I should change this podcast. Maybe, maybe I need to film this in a studio, right? Maybe you just need to do what you want to see on TV. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But in September, Trevor Noah said he was leaving uh, The Daily Show. He went on Fallon. He told them that he, he, he had the best experience doing The Daily Show. And it was a joyous thing. His actual words was, it, it's a joyous thing to leave the show because he's leaving it on his terms. And he could love the show and loves his experience and enjoy the show. And he said, he's so excited, Trevor Noah. He's so excited to get back and do stand up and get back to do the things that he wasn't able to do because he was doing the daily show. because it took so much of his time and there's nothing like stand up comedy people. There is nothing, nothing like the visceral experience of all the people in the crowd and you're on the stage. So if that's something that you really love, you will never get bored of it. You will always want to do it, even if you have other jobs. That's why Seinfeld is worth a billion dollars or whatever. And he still goes up and pops into clubs all the time and goes up and practices his set. He doesn't need to stand up. He could be on a yacht somewhere forever, right? He's, that's how rich he, but he loves it. So I get it. I get it. And sometimes, you know, we all know how it is. Sometimes you have a job and you just, you just, it's just time to go. You just need a change, right? Good for you, Trevor Noah. You know, and before Trevor, it was John Stewart. And before John Stewart, it was Craig Kilborn. I actually went to go see The Daily Show with Craig Kilborn with my grandmother, if you could believe it, when I was 16. For my 16th birthday, my grandmother said she would uh, take me anywhere I wanted to go. How great was that? I, I, my grandma, she's, she's great. Now she's 92. So, you know, 
But she said, I'll take you anywhere. You she was, you know, like she wanted to go out. She wanted to travel. She wanted to go. What was she then? 72, right? Younger. Ooh, she's 70. I don't know. She, but she had all of her, you know, she was feeling great. And her husband had passed away. My grandfather died. My grandfather passed away when she was 54. So she said to me, I was her oldest granddaughter. She said, I'm going to take you on a trip wherever you want to go. And I said, oh, I want to go to LA. Yeah, I, I didn't know anything about LA at 16. The only thing I really knew was like, what, all, like you know, sneak watching Beverly Hills 90210 when I was younger. So I was like desperate to go to Beverly Hills. I was desperate to see if I was going to be able to eat in the peach pit. Didn't realize it wasn't real. By the way, the internet really like wasn't around like a lot back then, people, just so you know. But we went and we got to see Craig Kilborn and The Daily Show. It was great. We had a great trip. So, you know, they went through their hosts. Now there's another one. It would be nice if it was a woman. That's all I'm saying. I don't think it is. That's all I'm going to say to you. Can't say anything else. Okay, that's it. That's it, people. That's it. That's it. I had a sweet, sweet, uh, another... Oh my God, honestly, I have a lot of fans that are named Maria. Another fan named Maria. I don't know where she lives though. I've never met her. I don't know her, but she reached out to me and she was like, oh my God, Elise, I would love to see you on television. I would love to see you on television, on a talk show or a sitcom. I would love that. And you know, I was like, I love you for saying that. And I said, unfortunately, I need like 10 billion zillion followers to make that happen. So I'm I'm trying. We'll, We'll see with the book. We'll see with the book, how the book, what happens with the book. You know, the book could spark a lot of things. Anyway, that's Q1, 2023. Uh, I think you'll be able to buy it in March. I'm doing the jewelry designing. I told you about that a couple of weeks ago, right? Oh my God, I'm having so much fun. I got to tell you, if you need a hobby, you should just get one. Like if you need a hobby, if you need a creative outlet, that wasn't right. Let me, let me rephrase. If you need a creative outlet, you should just do whatever you feel you want to do creatively right? Like my aunt in Connecticut, she taught herself how to play the piano. She like would make, she sews a lot. She make curtains. We, I have very fond memories of doing like lots of amazing crafts with her, right? Um, My mother has a really good friend who was from Brooklyn and then sold the place, moved out to Greenport. She, she never married, never had kids, Spencer, but she was a huge crafter, always had tons of hobbies. I love doing stuff with her. And I always did so many crafts, but I, you know, I took up the jewelry design, the jewelry stuff, jewelry making. I made a beautiful, I don't have it on. I'll I'll wear it next episode. I made a beautiful sapphire ring, like a man's ring, blue sapphire, like a man's ring. I don't personally, I don't like rings that are like high up with all the, the stuff, you know, all around. I, my old engagement ring with Paul is a go- I have a gorgeous engagement ring, right? And it's traditional engagement ring, you know, platinum, whatever, the high up diamond, you know, side stones, you know, like somebody will cut your finger off for it, like that, like, you know, high, like, you know what I'm saying? But these days, as I get older, you know, I'm a stand-up, I'm banging my hands on the microphone, I'm doing things, I'm, I'm you know, I'm a mom. When I got engaged, I wasn't a mother. I didn't think about the practicality of an engagement ring, right? So, you know, these days, I like rings that are flat. Like, I like a lot of bezel set stuff. Or gypsy set. So I, I, I made this ring in 14 karat gold. It's like a man's ring with beautiful blue sapphire. It's like maybe, I don't know, a carat and a half or carat and three quarters. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's so beautiful. And I am just starting to make um, some charms. I don't know if you remember. In the I literally love these. In the, the 50s, 
and the 60s, there was those charm bracelets. Do you remember those vintage charm bracelets? They were like round discs, round gold discs. And on them, they would have a charm for whatever you know, milestone you were celebrating. They had like 50th wedding anniversary ones. They had sweet 16s. They had ones with little tennis rackets on it. And the ladies, you know, back in the day, mid-century, they would collect these, these, these charms, these, these charms bracelets. And I, uh, I love them. And when I had my daughter, my mom gave me one of the charms, uh, a charm with the baby carriage on it in gemstones that my grandmother got and gave to her when I was born. And my grandmother got it from her husband when my mom was born, right? So it, it it's so it's so cool. It's like, that's like one of my most prized pieces of jewelry, this, this gold disc charm with the baby carriage on it. Anyway, you can buy them like around, like people sell them, but there is not charms with Italian stuff on it. And that's what I want. I want like a charm with a horn on it. <laughs> I want like a charm with the Maloika on it. So I'm going to make one for myself. And when I do, I'll wear it. I mean, maybe, maybe I'd sell it. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. But I got but the Sapphire, you know, I got the gemstone dealer. Just amazing. Amazing. Okay. The product of the week, which I did ages ago, I'm doing it again because somebody asked me about lip liners, the Revlon Color Stay lip liner. It's, it's, I was, I wear Milani. I still wear Milani lip liners, you know, and I love Milani, but Revlon Color Stay stays on longer. Milani, I think has better shades, but Revlon Color Stay stays on for like 10 hours. Like I could do a whole stand-up set, right? I could do an hour of stand-up. Then I could go eat a meal. And then I could go be a big cacudon with everybody. And I am still, I still got the lip line on. Like, so that's it. Revlon calls it. But before you buy it in um, CVS or whatever, whatever stores, you know, Target, look on Amazon because I got a couple for $2, which I talked about a while ago. But they still had like a couple of shades, $2 recently. I think they had like a plum shade, which I bought. I didn't care. I was like, oh, plum, I'll make that work somehow. $2. Amazing. Quote of the day by Zadie Smith, who wrote the book White Teeth. I bought that book years ago. I, I remember it was a beautiful red book. Anyway, Zadie Smith, it's a simple matter of what you do when the chips are down. It's a simple matter of what you do when the chips are down. That's true. You don't have to have everything, people. You just got to make the best of everything. That's all I'm saying. I'm Elise DeLucci. This is Crazy Effing Mommy. This has been episode 119. Thank you for listening. As always, love to love you, baby. I'm <laughs> not